Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Recovering from Everything, a podcast for everyone who's ever had anything happen to them, ever. It's been a weird week. It's been a really good week, but it's been weird. I just don't feel super great internally. I had like one really, really great day and I feel like I exhausted all of my happy chemicals or something, you know? Like when you do ecstasy and the next day you want to fucking kill yourself. Like I, I kind of feel like that. Um, but I am, you know, still doing the do's. Um, I had a breakfast thing for women's day and I got to be one of the speakers which was fucking awesome and I loved it so much I did not love setting an alarm in the morning and putting on a full face of makeup did not love that I did love wearing high heels because I love dressing for women um and I love wearing high heels and that was fun um that was in the morning on Women's Day, in the afternoon, through the night, and into the next morning. Uh, we did like a spa day at this fancy like resort with my girlfriends, which was fucking incredible. I, If you look at the photo for this website, I am in a bathrobe. Being in a bathrobe is my jam. And I got to be in a very fancy bathrobe for the majority of the day. It was awesome. It was like some of my best girlfriends. Great day. The next day, I think I had uh, lost all of my serotonin. Is that the happy chemical? I think it is. So the last couple of days have been a little bit strange. I haven't been sleeping super well. Um... But that's okay. That's okay. I'm, again, still doing the do's. I've been doing these like um, cold plunges. So it's like ice baths, but I've also been standing under a cold shower for at least 30 seconds, which I hate, but I also like fucking love. And uh, yesterday I did like a two-hour breathwork class at the same place. This place, um, it's local to Port Elgin. It's called Cedarvale Wellbeing. It used to be Pink Umbrella out on Concession 4 in the middle of the woods. The space is incredible, you guys. Like the staff are amazing. And then the space itself is so like calming and safe. It's such like a nurturing environment. Again, middle of the woods, beautiful yoga studio. So nice. Also not expensive. So you, if you are a local, uh, Cedarvale Wellbeing, they're on Instagram. Just give it a whirl. It's, it's something different. Trying new things has been part of my efforts to rebuild my self-respect. So I've been doing a lot of that. I love this space. I've I've drank the Kool-Aid. I love the staff. I love what they're doing. Uh, it feels very weird and bizarre to me, and I am into it. I am into it. So um, I've been doing all that stuff. In the last actual two months, gotten a bunch of messages from people who are struggling with someone else's substance use. And I get a lot of messages from people who are thinking about uh, healing their own substance use. Um, 
also. So I thought this morning I'd do a pod on like marrying those two ideas. Um, so initially I was going to, you know, climb up on my pedestal as I love to do sometimes and give you like a really generic, like internet advice on how to behave around your loved one who's in recovery. But I thought instead I'm going to make myself vulnerable, which I hate, but I do frequently, uh, and tell you about what the people in my circles have done for me as a person in recovery that I like, like and dislike. So take what resonates. It's really, it's going to be a specific podcast um, to people who are not currently drinking or using other drugs. Um, Or, you know, if your loved one has been sort of like on and off the wagon, um, here's, here's some stuff that you know, might work or might not work in making them feel a little more comfortable, making them feel a little more supported. If there's something I've missed that you notice works for you, either as a person in recovery or someone that loves someone that is in recovery, just DM me on Instagram, recovering from everything underscore Kinga, um, or my Facebook page is uh, Kinga Recovery Support and Wellness. And like, let me know. And if I get enough of them, I'll make a part two. Let me know what works for you. I would love to do a part two on this. So anyways, off we go. Here are some ways to not be a dick to your friend in recovery. Most of these are in no particular order, but number one, number fucking one, if I am in early recovery, don't drink or do drugs around me. Just fucking don't. Don't have booze in the house if, you know, you're married to me. Um, don't get drunk around me. You will be fine. I will not. Okay? Your early recovery person might not be fine. You can have Christmas dinner without booze. You can have Thanksgiving dinner. You can have any fucking dinner without booze. You can do that. It's fine. You'll be fine. I will not be fine. I will not be fine. Also, if you can't handle one dinner or one occasion without alcohol, maybe like I'm not the only one with a problem, right? Like if you can't go a night without smoking weed, if I'm like sleeping with you and you can't go one night without smoking weed or whatever, maybe like I'm not the only one with the problem. Just don't fucking do it. And what does early recovery mean? The first year, okay? And and talk to your friend and talk to your spouse if they are in early recovery, um, and, and see how they're feeling and see how they're feeling on that day. And in that moment, you know, honey, I kind of want to have one with dinner. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And maybe they're having a garbage day or maybe they're really, you know, struggling uh, mentally or, or whatever. And like, you don't have to, like you don't have to. And if you do have to, that's, that's something you got to think about, which brings me to number two. You need to accept that my quitting substances is going to hold up a mirror to your own substance use, okay? Uh, you're, you're unintentionally going to think about your own use, past, present, and future. And this might make you annoyed or frustrated or uh, combative, right? Like, just because you have a problem doesn't mean I can't drink, 
okay, cool. Yes. But like, think about that. Like think about what happens in your head when you are confronted with my quitting. Do it whenever it comes, like think about it whenever it comes up for you. Please, for fuck's sake, think about it, right? Look at your thoughts, observe them. Look at your demons if they're demons. Don't hide from it. Like the the frustration, if that's what you're feeling, is a symptom of something. And might I be so bold to say that it's it's if you're feeling frustrated and angry when you're around me and I'm not drinking, you might be in denial about your own substance use. Um, but yeah, just just spend some time and think about it when it when it pops up. If you need to make changes, go to therapy, talk to your friends or your spouse or whoever. Fuck. Message me on Instagram. Um, my, you know, DMs are full of those messages. I will cheer you on as best I can. Be as vulnerable as possible. But uh being around someone that has quit substance use, it's it's gonna make you think about your own. It just is a fact. Accept that. This one's really important. This one's really important. Let me make an informed decision. So as a person in recovery, if if you're going to be doing drugs or if everyone's drinking and I'm like about to come or, you know, that's the plan for tonight and I might not know it, fucking let me know. Let me make an informed decision. Depending on how I'm feeling that day, Give me the right to decide if I want to be in that environment. I might not give a shit, right? I might be like, yeah, I'm down. Like, I'll come see you guys for half an hour or an hour or whatever. Or, you know, I'll come have some appies or, or whatever. Like, let me make an informed decision. If I'm having a garbage day or if I'm just like not feeling like being in that vibe, like I'm not going to come. An equivalent of this would be like, you invite me to a dinner, but you don't tell me that they're only serving steak. I don't like steak. It's not my jam. I I, I don't do it. Okay. Please tell me if they're only serving steak so that I can maybe like eat dinner before and then like come chill with you guys just to be in the company of, you know, you people. Please fucking tell me. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Next one. If we are out one-on-one, it's me and you. Let me know if you plan on getting shit-faced, okay? If you're like, listen, I'm going through it. I need to get blackout tonight. Let me know. Let me know so I can come up with a fucking plan for myself. Again, this is like the the like informed decision-making let me know so I can come up with a plan on my, for myself and, and don't be mad at me if I, if I want to leave early. Like maybe if, if you're having a, a hard time and you want to get shit faced, I'm going to loop in like a couple of other people so that I'm not your only source of support that night. And I'm at a point in my recovery where it's not triggering for me. I'm not like, oh man, I really want to get drunk because I promise seeing someone drunk is uh, a really great deterrent for me picking up a drink. So it's not that I'm being triggered now. I might have been in early recovery, but right now where I'm at and where I've been for the last you know, nine years is 
being around someone that's drunk is so fucking boring. Like I can't, I can't describe how soul sucking and dull that actually is for me. There's no genuine connections. The conversations are, I mean, useless, right? Drunk people conversations are tangential. There's, they, you know, some people have a hard time making eye contact. Like it's, it's just, it's just so soul sucking for me. So I don't want to be the only person there for you. If you unintentionally get shit faced during our one in one dinner, and this has happened to me so many times, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching you have drink after drink after drink after drink after drink with no regard for your present company, me, this person that you made plans with, one-on-one plans, that's that's a dick move. That is a dick fucking move. You owe me an apology. Don't do that. Get your get your head out of your ass. Like don't fucking do that. That is it for that one. Okay. If I'm in early recovery or fuck any point in my recovery, but you know, early recovery especially, and I am you know, using community resources, AA, NA, um, if I'm, you know, seeing a, a, an addictions counselor or talking to a therapist, offer to fucking come with me. Offer to come with me. Do a couples therapy sesh to like get on the same page. Come to AA meetings with me. Come to NA w- meetings with me. There's, there's 12 step has, um, what's called open and closed meeting. So closed meetings are only for people who identify that, you know, they have a desire to quit drinking or quit using and open meetings. And these are all labeled on the internet, on the meeting lists, but open meetings are for anybody. So open meetings and everyone knows that it's an open meeting. So Usually these are like speaker meetings um, or discussion meetings and and you can like speaker meetings, you can just like sit back and listen to the speaker and it's fucking awesome and there's no pressure to do or say anything. And then there's there could even be open discussion meetings where you can like you can like ask a question. You can be like how you know, coming from you guys, like how can I best support my loved one? Just like show a fucking interest in this like new life path that I'm on. Okay. Especially if like you're my partner or like my close, close, close friends, fucking come to meetings with me. It's super fun. My ex-husband used to come to meetings with me all the time and like loved it. We would do like date nights. Like we would, we would go for dinner and then like hit a, you know, Friday night speaker meeting he fucking ate that shit up. Like he was always like, it's like reading someone's diary. Like if you're into this podcast where I spill, you know, tea and I'm very raw and vulnerable, I swear you will love going to 12 step meetings. They are super fun. And they're also really fucking motivating, right? Because it's not people sitting around talking about the mess. It's, yeah, here's the mess, right? Briefly, five, 10 minutes, whatever, you know, at a speaker meeting. The rest of it is like inspirational, what I do every day, you know, the hiccups I've had along the way and how I've like jumped over these obstacles. Like they're fucking awesome. Do that. Do that with your loved one. This next one, like, 
it honestly brings me to tears. It has brought me to tears in the past, but even like thinking about it, like makes me so emotional and it's so simple and it's so meaningful. Offer non-alcoholic drinks to your friends, like have some in stock, like the, 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 fucking best thing ever that makes my heart explode is when my friends have drinks for me, right? Like one or two cans of something is not going to like break your bank. And if like, if I am like at your house consistently, like just like have a non-alcoholic bevy for me, it's really fucking nice. And and not to say like, you know, I, I'm usually good with water. I love drinking water. And if I go out somewhere, if I'm going to like a gathering, like I'll bring my own shit. That's like a a standard that I live by. But just like the extra mile when my friends are like, Hey, I saw this flavor of iced tea and I thought you might like it. So I like, I have like a couple for you in the fridge. Like, holy shit. That is so meaningful, right? Like, oh, I have, I've got a couple bubblies for you, you know, in my cooler. Like, that's a true story. I was going to uh, a Pearl Jam concert back in, I don't fucking know, what was that, October, November something? And I was the DD and I picked up my uh, ex-husband and two of, you know, his close friends, our old friends. And they had like a cooler of beer that like, you know, they were going to do roadies. Is there, is that legal? I don't know. Um, but like his buddy was like, King, I brought a couple bubblies for you. Holy shit. Like that is, I can't even tell you how meaningful that like simple little gesture is because normally nobody gives a shit about us, right? It's like that idea of like, okay, well, you know, you're not drinking because you have a problem, but I don't think I have a problem. So like, I'm going to do me and like you figure out your own shit. Yes. Cool. Fine. Great. But like the love and consideration of someone like just being like, Hey, I brought this for you is like, holy fuck. My, my dad did that at Christmas one time. Christmas is usually really fucking annoying because I don't know, there's just booze everywhere. And like my family loves to like have, uh, alcohol with, with dinners and stuff. And it's usually like occasions cause I rarely see them. So it's like Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever the fuck. But, um, it was like a few years ago, my dad's like, I brought some non-alcoholic champagne for you. And like, I literally started fucking crying. Cause that was the first time that I'm like, Oh thank you for acknowledging like my life. Right. And they've, you know, like a couple of years ago, they, they did a big, we were all sort of huddled around like the Island at my sister's house in the kitchen and they cheers like literally in front of my nose. So like six grown ass adults. And so I'm like, you know, eight years in recovery at this point, like cheersing in front of my nose. And I made eye contact with my brother-in-law and he was like, Ugh. and I'm like, and I think I said to him, like, I was still smoking cigarettes at the time. And I was like, should I light up a cigarette in your kitchen right now and be like, what, you know, just because you guys have a problem with smoking doesn't mean that I shouldn't smoke. Like I was just like, holy fuck dudes. So little gestures like that just mean so much to me. (laughs) Okay. So generous, so considerate. Like I could cry, honestly. Okay. That's it for that one. Okay. This is at any point in, um, my recovery, this is something that like, 
you need to know. When people drink all day or they get high like multiple times through the day, it doesn't it doesn't bug me because like I want to get high. Like I don't right now want to get high like at all or or you know drink beers all day. I don't want to do any of that shit. Um but what I do notice is you being unable to exist in reality, which then I think, okay, what are you actually doing to make your existence more palatable? Uh, what are you doing to make your relationship with yourself like a little bit more connected? Like, what are you doing? Because getting high and and drinking all day like takes you further away from yourself, right? You get to like step outside of the bubble of reality. It also makes you like less active in managing your life. It makes you, um, you know, less ambitious, um, keeps you stuck in this comfort zone of like always being a little bit detached from yourself and your life. And like those are heavy thoughts for me to have, to be honest. And like consistently, like, like, I don't want to be like, I'm judging you, but I'm like, I have some questions. I have some questions about you. So just, just F, FYI. I just like, I just like had to say that. And just like, are like, are you okay? Cause like, maybe you're not okay. And I, I do think that as a person in recovery, and, you know, I, I like, I almost hate to say that out loud, but like I do, like I, I can look at you and be like, you know, this has been all day. This has been consistent. This has been years. Um, like you might not be okay. Okay. Another one. And this one's scary for people. You know, I think people equate this one to like some sort of confrontation or, or, you know, uh, like tense or awkward or maybe stressful moments, but fucking communicate and like try to change your perception so that it's more like an information exchange rather than like any sort of like combative, awkward situation, but just fucking communicate. If you want to get shit faced or have a few drinks or do drugs, can we please fucking talk about it. And like, this is, this is really applicable to partnerships. And I've, I've had both sides of this, like people who do communicate and people who fucking do not, or like I try to communicate and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, so sometimes of course, there's going to be some situations where alcohol is like just an implied thing, right? Like group dinners or like maybe even concerts or whatever. Okay, fine. But like, if you're going to do drugs during the show, just like, just like, let me know. So I can be like, you know, as I said earlier, I can, I can just like fucking know because honestly, this is where this is coming from because this has happened to me a couple of times, the worst fucking feeling for me is to like find something out, right? Like something to be like accidentally revealed to me or, or thinking I'm in a, a reality that is not actually 
reality. And and this sucks because I feel antagonized, like I feel like the enemy without having actually like done anything yet. So I feel I feel antagonized because like you felt you had to hide something from me. That is a shitty fucking feeling. Um, that is not fair to me at all. Please just like have an open dialogue with me about like what you want your night to look like. And like, I'll tell you what I want my night to look like. And like, let's as partners work together to like find a happy medium Like I, you know, I don't want the people around me having a shitty time, but I also don't want to have a shitty time. So like, let's just like openly discuss like what's about to fucking happen. So if like the world, the roles were reversed. Okay. And like you tell me you were on a strict fucking diet and this is really important to you and you're concerned about your health and your body and, and you've decided to be on a strict diet. Okay. Okay. One night, I'm like, fuck, I'm really craving a Big Mac. The equivalent of not communicating is me like secretly going out, getting a Big Mac, eating it in my car, you know, coming home reeking of Big Macs. Like, listen, if if I feel like a fucking Big Mac and like I'm going to feel guilty about it and I'm going to be like, look, I really want to eat a Big Mac tonight. Like, how can we how can we make this work so that like we don't fucking hate each other at the end of the night. Okay. It's like, it's that, it's really that easy. Okay. I think this is like the final one now. Ask about my recovery. So I'm very much emphasizing the word recovery. Ask about recovery. If you have questions for me, ask about recovery and ask really fucking specific questions. Okay. So if you're, if you're like an acquaintance or someone like a little bit removed from my life and you're like, oh, you're not drinking. Why? Oh, you quit drinking. Why? What was like, what was like the thing that happened that made you quit drinking? Like a go fuck yourself. You think I'm going to stand here in the grocery aisle or at this like group dinner and like relive the fucking mess for you? No, right? Like, like literally that's like, what would be the equivalent of that is me being like, oh my gosh, can you tell me more about your childhood trauma? Pass the salt, right? Or, oh, crackers are on sale. Like, really, like, that sounds traumatic. Can you tell me about that? Like, fuck you. No. I'm not, I'm not about to give you the dirty details during this, like, random encounter. Like, don't do it. Don't ask. Don't ask why I quit drinking. Nobody quits drinking because everything was, like, fucking awesome. Please don't make me relive, like, you know, the last night I got drunk because it's embarrassing and I don't want to do this. What you can do is ask about my recovery. And why I said ask really specific questions is the first thing I do usually, honestly, when people ask me about, um, you know, either my drinking or my recovery is I ask why. I literally would just be like, why do you ask? Because if it's out of curiosity, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm not, 
you know, I'm not, I'm not here on this earth to like satisfy your curiosity, like get out of here. But normally there's like a backstory. So either they've been struggling or someone they love has been struggling. And if that is the reason, I will tell you anything you want to know. I swear on my life, I will tell you anything. If there, if you need help for some reason, I will tell you anything you want to know. But if you're just curious or you're, you know, making conversation about this, like, you know, this like kind of like taboo thing in Kinga's life, like get the fuck out of here. I'm, I don't want you anywhere near me. Go away. What you can do if someone, you know, you love or someone you know has, has recently quit substances, ask them how they're feeling. That's it. Oh, cool. How are you feeling? Usually, I mean, probably a hundred percent of the time they're going to be like, I feel fucking amazing. Okay. And like, that's a, that's like a nice, like a, a conversation point, right? That's like a little bit of a high right there. Like, yeah, we feel fucking awesome. Ask us how we're feeling. That's a great question. Guys, again, this is, you know, this is not a complete list and this is all stuff that I have experienced that I, you know, either loved or worked really well for me as a person in early recovery, but also at any point in my recovery. Um, this is all stuff that like I liked or like I absolutely despised (laughs) and take what resonates, right? You might have secretly in your head told me to go fuck myself a couple of times in this podcast and that's fine. And if it, if it's, you know, if it doesn't resonate for you, cool. Um, but if it sort of hit some sort of trigger point in you, um, have a little bit of a closer look at that. And maybe it's something that it, you know, you are doing and is working, or maybe it's, it's something you need to look at a little bit closer that maybe isn't really working for you or for your loved ones so much anymore. Right. I mean, listen, recovery is like a very fluid, uh, you know, sort of blob like thing. And, um, I've given myself permission and I give you permission to sort of expand and grow where you need to and, and recede where you need to and, and do what you got to do to just like keep evolving. Um, but do or don't do anything that, that I just talked about and just, you know, take into consideration that this person that is, is important to you, um, like really just is trying to make like these life altering changes and, and it's not just about putting down the drink or the drug. It's like they're changing their thoughts. They're changing the way they see themselves. They're changing the way that they exist every day in the world. Like it's a big fucking deal. It's, it's no small feat. So, um, you know, if you care about this person, maybe just like have some bubblies in the fucking fridge for them or something, right? Like, I don't know. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to end this here. I feel like it's reached its natural conclusion. Thank you for listening. 
If you want to share this with someone, totally do that. Um, someone in early recovery or someone who is, you know, friends with someone in early recovery, give it a share. Um, and if anything pops up for you again, that has worked or doesn't work, just, uh, send me a DM on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, Instagram is recovering from everything underscore Kinga and on Facebook. If you, for whatever reason, only use Facebook it's Kinga recovery support and wellness and the, and is an ampersand. Um, and, um, yeah, reach out anytime and I hope you guys have a great week. Love you. Bye.